Yes, Lord, we thank you so much for the word that you have for us. You are just so beautiful, so wonderful, so magnificent. And we come with the spirit of expectation, a spirit of joy to receive what you have for us. And just, it's just all expectation, expectation of seeing this walked out, expectation of getting to know you more, getting to know you better, getting just, oh, just so much expectation of the good things that you have for us. And so, Lord, I, I speak that this word is delivered with the same joy with which you delivered it to me, and it is received with the same joy with which you delivered it to me. In the name of Jesus, enjoy yourself, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So we, I just kind of hit on this last week, but the week before last, when we were um, defining this, the, the fear of the Lord based on the scriptures, or rather we were letting the, the scriptures define the fear of the Lord for us, um, we got to that place uh, talking about wisdom. And we had a couple of questions about wisdom and, and um, the Lord answered them, but then he had me to go back and, and he's got some more for us. So... Let us start with um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. I used to know this a lot. It's like, do you say Proverbs chapter 3 or do you say Proverb 3, 7? It's like I forgot. Uh, I'll let some things slip. All right. Okay. Amplify Classic, yes. uh, 3-7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Reverentially fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. Entirely. Yeah, that's a whole nother lesson. But we get the gist, right? <laughs> All right. So be not wise in your own eyes. Let's just deal with that for a minute. Because that's telling me well, actually, when we look at it, we see that being wise in our own eyes is juxtaposed with um, fearing the Lord. So be not wise in thine own eyes. That's one part. And then reverentially, uh, reverently fear and worship the Lord. That's another part. So they're side by side, which means they're two separate things, the way that they're written. So that tells me that when we are wise in our own eyes, automatically we are not fearing the Lord, right? You get that? Okay. Um, so now let's turn to Psalm 111, verse 10. Read it. Psalm 111, verse 10, out of the King James. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Forever. Amen. So we're going to deal with the part that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All right. Um, we looked at that word beginning and that beginning, the beginning of wisdom. That means it is the absolute chief thing, the absolute chief thing of wisdom. Mm -hmm. All right. And when we looked up the definition of wisdom before, we saw that the fear of the Lord is a fundamental pr um, principle of wisdom. Without that key ingredient of the fear of the Lord, wisdom would not be wisdom. All right? right. So now, right. we've got wisdom, 
and then we've got the wisdom of God. Two separate things. Mm -hmm. okay. This is like going back to the fundamentals. Gentlemen, this is a football. <laughs> All right. So now we've got wisdom. My pastor from years ago, he's gone on to be with heaven now. I'm gone on to be with the Lord. He's in heaven now. Um, he defined wisdom as knowledge rightly applied. Mm. The knowledge that we have, when we apply it the way it's supposed to be applied, that is wisdom. Okay. Um, now, I like this. I looked it up and I looked up wisdom in the Noah Webster 1828 uh, dictionary. And it says that wisdom is the right use or exercise of knowledge. So it's that same thing, knowledge rightly applied. But then check it out. And I think, um, I think both Deborah and Shalom spoke to this. But it says that wisdom is the choice of commendable ends and of the best means to accomplish them. So there was a choice. And I think Deborah said there was only one option to do my best. All right. And Shalom said that I get an option and it helps me to pick the better one. So it's the choice of the commendable ends, you know, what's, what's going to be the best, but then also the best way to accomplish them. So this is what wisdom is. So let's put a pin in that right now. And let's look at knowledge, because we're saying that wisdom is knowledge rightly applied. Okay. Um, so now let's go to Proverb 1-7. Okay. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My, my, my. I mean, that whole thing, I was like, Lord, how do we do this? This is so much, so big. But we're going to stay on point. Okay. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So mm -hmm. the fear of the Lord is not only the chief principal thing, the chief part of wisdom, but it's also the chief part of knowledge. Um, and knowledge defined in the Hebrew or the, the meaning in Hebrew in the highest sense, it's the knowledge of God, including mm -hmm. obedience. So the mm -hmm. fear of the Lord is the chief part of knowing God. So Deborah, this goes back to what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> goes back to what you, it's so attractive. It's a tool to get to know God. This is the chief principal part. Amen. And so now let's look at this. When we, okay, when we don't use wisdom, that means when we don't apply knowledge the way it's supposed to be applied, and this is, um, and we're talking about when we don't, knowledge at all, but all knowledge that God gives us is so that we would know him. All knowledge that he gives mm -hmm. us so that we would know him. And when we don't use wisdom, meaning when we don't apply knowledge correctly, and Deborah, you hit the nail on the head, when we don't get heart, when we don't get God's heart behind what he's saying, when we don't get his heart behind his commands, behind his revelations, behind his instructions, then we have the potential to frustrate the grace of God. Oh, yeah. So for um, the sake of this conversation, grace, we're going to call it empowerment. The empowerment of God to do 
what he's given us to do, to have what he um, ha has given us to have, to be who he says we are. We, we will frustrate his grace. We will frustrate his empowerment to walk out who he created mm -hmm. us to be. Okay, so how, how would we frustrate this grace? Um, the, the, God showed me two ways. I'm sure there are more, but he showed me two ways. One way is that we would try to do it on our own whether it's you know something that god has given us to do or something that we want to do and we're trying to get god to bless even though that's not what god has for us right mm -hmm. so yeah. by trying to do it on our own that's being wise in our own eyes isn't it what we're not mm -hmm. supposed to do that's being wise in our own eyes so more than likely we're going to get it wrong and then what happens when we try to do it on our own and it doesn't work Lots of times it leads to having a wrong attitude. It leads to having a wrong um, understanding of God. It leads to mm -hmm. disappointment. It leads to failure. It leads to so many things that God never intended for us. And it pulls us away from knowing God. Whereas the fear of the Lord is that tool to get to know him. Mm -hmm. When we frustrate his grace by trying to do it on our own, it pulls us away from knowing him. So let's look at Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. And when somebody gets it in the King James, will you please read it? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for it, for it, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Okay, so let me just paraphrase um, or amplify that scripture, all right? The way I heard Holy Spirit speak to me. This is just what Paul said. Um, I'm going to start with um, the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. The faith of Jesus. Jesus is faith. That's the faith that I live by. Okay, this is the paraphrase. Jesus is, not the paraphrase, but this is the amplification. Jesus's faith was demonstrated through obedience. He trusted everything his father said, and his trust was expressed through his doing and saying mm -hmm. what his father said. So Paul says, I live by Jesus's obedience and dependence on God. I don't frustrate this grace. I don't frustrate this empowerment. If I could be right on my own, in the scripture it says, for if righteousness come by the law, if I could do it on my own, then there was no need for Jesus to die. And this is what comes from that. This is what Holy Spirit spoke to me that comes from that. Therefore, when God gives me instructions, it's because he loves me and he's trying to get something to me and he knows I can do it because it's not me doing it, it's Jesus inside of me doing it. 
that's his empowerment. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now check this out. This is how much he loves us. Okay. <laughs> when God gives me instructions, it's because he loves me and he's trying to get something to me. So now turn to John chapter 14, verse 15. And who will read that? And this is Jesus speaking. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Yes. And so now hear this with fresh ears. Just hear this through what Holy Spirit is saying to us tonight. Okay. So just in Galatians chapter two, talking about Paul, you know, what, what came, the revelation that came out of that verse. Therefore, when God gives me instructions, it's because he loves me and he's trying to get something to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so here in John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus is saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. So that's showing us that keeping his commandments is a demonstration of our love for him. Can we see that connection? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 2. And somebody read that in the King James, please. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Okay, so again, we're seeing that our, the demonstration of our love for, for God comes through our keeping his commandments, comes through our obeying him, right? Mm -hmm. This is going to bring it all home. First John chapter 4, verse 19. Probably the top of the same page you're on. <laughs> King James. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because we, he first loved us. So our demonstration of love for him comes through our obedience. But we wouldn't have anything to obey if he did not give us his commandments. So we wouldn't have a way to show our love for him if he didn't first show his love for us. And he showed his love for us by giving us his commandments. Glory mm -hmm. to God. Glory to God. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now, um, verse 3, somebody, First John chapter 5, verse 3. Um, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. His commandments are not grievous. His commandments are because he loves us. His commandments are because he's, and, and I, I just, okay. His commandments is his way of giving us a way to demonstrate our love for him. He's not trying to be this, you do what I say. He doesn't need us to obey him to be God. Mm -hmm. He's doing it for our benefit. And he's giving us his wisdom through his instructions through his instructions, he's giving us his wisdom, okay? So like when, when adults are raising children or teachers are teaching students, whatever, when we are teaching somebody, when we're giving them instructions, we're not telling them to do something just for the sake of doing it. We are mm -hmm. imparting wisdom to them. We are imparting knowledge to them. Mm -hmm. And that's the same way God is with us. When he's telling us to do something, it's not just so he'll have somebody to be his puppet and do what he says to do. 
he is teaching us more about himself through the commands that he gives us. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So when we, um, when we follow his commands, that's our demonstration of love to him. But it and then when we obey, we are not frustrating the grace that comes with it. We are not frustrating the empowerment to do it because he wouldn't tell us to do it if we couldn't do it. We, we're not uh, frustrating the empowerment to be who he created us to be. He's developing our character. He's teaching us how to think and how to feel about things. When we obey him, we're not frustrating that. When we are not being wise in our own eyes, but rather walking in his wisdom by applying the knowledge that he gives us the right way, mm -hmm. glory to God, then we are what conforming to the image of Christ. We're becoming the ones that he wants us to be. And we are um, gaining increased access to what he has for us because now that he can trust us on this level, he can take us to that level. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 All right. And then the second way um, he showed me that we can frustrate the grace, frustrate the empowerment is to ask amiss. James chapter four, verse three. It's like, I'm finding out another way that God loves me. It's like, he loves me again. Ooh. <laughs> James chapter four, verse three. King James, please. Okay. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. Mm-hmm. Now, and remember, we're connecting this to being not wise in our own eyes. When we're being wise in our own eyes, when we are not applying knowledge the way it's supposed to be applied, we'll use it for our own selfish gains. Going back to motives, what um, Deborah mentioned earlier, whether it's to impress instead of to express, we have motives, right? So when we, um, when we ask amiss, we ask with the wrong motives to consume it on our own lusts based on our own wisdom. And when we do that, we frustrate God's empowerment upon our lives, meaning we contradict it, meaning we get in its way and we um, keep it from doing what God wants it to do in our lives. Amen. Amen. So now if we bring it back to Proverbs 3, 7, where we started. Does anybody have any comments about that first before we go back to Proverbs? Okay, Proverbs 3, 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Okay, so when we walk in the fear of the Lord, that means when we receive the knowledge of the Lord and rightly apply that knowledge, it automatically includes departing from evil. Deborah, you spoke about this. You said, I don't want that. It's going to get in the way of me knowing God and I'm they become less attractive to you. Those things become less attractive to you. Well, guess what that's called? That stuff that's less attractive. That's the evil. That's the evil. If you'll remember from um, the week before last, we defined it, uh, looked it up in the Hebrew, and it means evil, distress, 
misery, injury, and calamity. In other words, it's everything that God never intended for me for you. It's things that would keep you separated from him. So when we walk in the fear of the Lord, we will. Okay, that's it. I hear it, Lord. So walking in the fear of the Lord is departing from evil. It is because the two, they just don't go together and you're going to choose the one over the other. Walking in the fear, and, and it's through relationship. It's not because I have to, not because, oh God, I, I really want to do this bad thing, but I want to go to heaven, so I better do the right thing. You know, it's out of that obedience that comes out of that love because he's wooing you through his knowledge that he gives us in the form of his command, in the form of his instructions, in the form of his care for us, in the form he's wooing you. Hallelujah. He's wooing us through the fear of the Lord. Now he'll woo us through something else when we come to something else. But right now, the fear of the Lord is where it's at. Hallelujah. And so all of this, all of this is leading us into a deeper relationship with God. And do you see that sanctification piece being separated unto God and being separated away from the world, being separated away from all that would separate us from God? Oh my God. Goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. Glory to God. That's all I have. Does anybody have anything they would like to say? Let's just go ahead. Because <laughs> if not, we're going to go into a moment of praise, but go ahead. <laughs> it's just all. Oh. When you said what you just said about wisdom and knowledge yeah. and intimacy. Yes. I could see, I'm seeing that the fear of the Lord is a major piece to revelation knowledge because wisdom and knowledge mixed together to see the heart of God, that uncovers God's heart, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm, I'm seeing how the more I walk in the fear of the Lord, the more revealed knowledge is going to be imparted to me. And the more revealed knowledge I get, the more hell's gates cannot prevail against me. Amen. Amen. You know, I, can, I can operate like God because I'm operating through his heart. And then another thing when you said about being wise in your own eyes, yes. I never saw it like this before till tonight. That's seeing things through my heart, not God's heart. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, my heart. Yes, yes, yes. By his heart. <laughs> right, right. And so that's where that alignment piece comes in, right? That's, that's, that because that's the ultimate goal, Lord, to align such that um, when the Lord first gave me the message on alignment, he showed me, I don't think I have a blank piece of paper now, but he showed me like a blank piece of paper. Okay, you guys probably can't see the words anyway. Um, but then there were words. Let's say that there were words in red on this piece of paper. But then there was a transparent overlay. And on this overlay, these were God's words. And so the overlay, if we are aligned with God, you wouldn't be able to tell there was an overlay on it because our words would align with God's words and they would perfectly line up and you would think it was just one piece of paper. And so God was saying that we need to come into alignment. And I'm not doing, there we go. 
right? Yeah, coming to alignment so that we're lined up. And so instead of seeing things through our heart, we want to see things through his heart. And we'll know that. And when, when we do come into that kind of alignment, you won't be able to tell that there are two pieces because there'll be one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The glory to God. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Anybody else? Mm, I do like that. So now, look, you guys, we're getting us a list. We see that the fear of the Lord is related to integrity. The fear of the Lord is related to honor. And the fear of the Lord is related to revelation knowledge. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Okay. So in these last few moments, please, please, please take your mics off mute. And let's just give God praise for this word that he has given us. Let's just thank him. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you Thank you so much. Thank you for loving us the way you love us. Thank you so much for your sweetness. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for your presence. Lord, we make much of your word. Hallelujah. We honor your word. We give your word first place. And we thank you, Lord, for the change that it is making in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us into alignment with your word and with your will and with your thank way. You, we thank you thank for you. knowing us more of your heart and giving us the capacity to receive it, Lord, thank in the name you. of Jesus. We thank you for sanctifying us unto you. Hallelujah. Thank and for growing us deeper in love with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Such that obedience, Lord, is, is our preference. It's not something we have to work to do, something we have to try to do. And in those areas, Lord, where we're finding it difficult to obey, Lord, that we just come to you as those who have the fear of the Lord and say, Daddy, because I don't want this. I just want you, knowing that you still love us, God, and there's no condemnation, and, and it brings you joy that we would come to you in this way. We thank you, Lord, that the fear of the Lord is clean. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clean. So those that, those things that are unclean cannot stick to us. Jesus yes, told us in John thank 15, you. 3, now you are clean through the words that I have spoken unto you. Thank you, Lord, that we are Thank clean. You, Hallelujah. Thank you, with Jesus. With the fear of the Lord. We are clean with these words that you've spoken unto us. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. It's so wonderful. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oof. Thank you, Lord. 